0: Everything bothers him He's unbothered He calls it unbothered But that's what's cute Because everything bothers him He's bothered I'm a botherina What's up everybody? Tyra Rivera here The absolute best LGBTQ comedian In the world Ugh. You know you guys uh, this is Ty Rivera, your host, and it is the end of the world. It's not that deep, though. You know what I mean? Like, Afghanistan, whatever's happening out there. Then there was the stuff in Haiti that happened. In case anybody's wondering, Snoopy Bijou is currently not having a Whimsies alligator. She's decided she doesn't want Whimsies alligators lately, and I'm not going to force them on her. And. This is Unbothered. That's right. It's Unbothered by Ty Rivera. Look, going a little out of sequence, but what do I care? It's the end of the world. It really is. Um, I, the other night I had a, what I would call a dream, what others would call a hallucination, that uh, that it's going to end soon. Uh, and so I, I, I refuse to be around people that I don't like or that I don't want to be around. And um, I've lived my life that way. For a long time, but now it's even more so that way and I think everybody's noticed and it bothers people but uh, It's not about people. It's about me. You know, it's I'm really Not concerned right now with what anybody else feels about anything and I don't care what position of power th- people think they hold uh, I like who I like and I don't like who I don't like and I'll go where I want and that's just the way it works and I'm not asking anybody's permission for everything or anything I don't need anybody's permission for anything. Nobody does. That's the thing. Everybody's made this mistake of thinking that they're, you know, um, deciding things. And nobody really is, except for me deciding to eat Carla's homemade salsa, which I absolutely love. It's the best salsa in the world, Carlos homemade salsa. I love it. I eat it daily on my huevos. But, um, yeah, I, I will... Um, I don't know. I guess I'm just kind of uh letting people know where I'm at with things because I think right now that's probably more important than ever. You know, just in general because I have so many people right now that are very supportive of me and very much love me and love what it is I'm doing and love what it is I'm talking about and that's who I really will concentrate on and I'll talk about things that bother me because that is the theme of unbothered but I think sometimes people get a little too emotional about things I say and they're a little too invested in them but I also don't have a right to tell anybody how to feel about anything that I say so I respect that as well and I'm not gonna you know tell anybody well you shouldn't feel this way or you shouldn't you feel however you want to feel and you express that however you want to express it I mean I'm you know a little annoyed with some people but not really because nobody matters it's like I keep telling you guys nobody matters and that's what's really bothering people about me right now is people have decided that they hold these positions these stations within the comedy community here in Las Vegas and I've said, no, you don't. And I stand by that because at the end of the day, the talent is what's, what matters the most. And yeah, the business part is very important too. I'm not gonna pretend that it's not important, but the talent is what really drives everything. So when you're talking to somebody like me, that when it comes to the talent side is at the top of the food chain. When it comes to just straight up talent, you, know, you can say other things about credits or whatever you wanna say, but straight up talent gets on stage, delivers every time, That would be me, you know, there's a couple others. I'm not gonna undercut them. They're my friends. I do love them, but that's how you know who's talented and who's not because those of us that are talented know that there's nothing for us to be fighting about. We're in the same fight. We're on the same side. Me and every actually talented person are on the same side. Now, some people would say, you know, like a person like Trix would fit into that because he is talented. Trix is a talented performer. He's not necessarily a talented writer or he wouldn't be stealing people's material. And it is, it's not like it's just happened to me and it's not like I'm holding hard feelings about it. But when I talk about these things, I know that there's times where people would say, well, what about this person? And I would say that person doesn't really matter because they've chosen to take shortcuts rather than do what you're actually supposed to do. And I, I like, I don't think people understand that I can say that on a technical level and not hold hard feelings about it And I think that's because most people are a lot more emotionally driven than I am Like people would assume that I have a lot of emotion about things because i'll just say things but for me That's not about emotion maybe that could be chalked up to a lack of diplomacy but at a certain point you get tired of being diplomatic at a certain point in your life you do get like okay let me just say this and however it comes out it comes out and whoever feels whatever they feel is what they feel like I I feel like a lot more people would be a lot happier if they would come at things from this perspective because I don't walk around angry I don't care about a lot of things and I don't fully think that anybody's going to be able to get that until they themselves reach that same state. And then they'll be like, oh, now I see what you're talking about. And I really think it's something that everybody should strive for. Like, you know, I um also have friends that are a lot like me, you know, like my actual friends that I've known for years and years. And we have such a fun time with the fact that we can bust each other's balls and we can be silly with each other and even borderline rude with each other. And I say borderline because it doesn't cross the line. It's just fun. Like here's an example. Last week I went to see my friend Eric Griffin. Now I'm going to weave in and out of this story just because there's a way that things go and there's a way that people think that I show up to bother people, but I'll show you how things work out for me. So last week, on monday um, you know, because I did my taping last week The two tapings that we were doing one was for me doing a 30 minute and then the other one was me doing like a 10 minute and so the way that it worked out was On monday that monday I get hit up by my friend eric griffin if you're not familiar with eric griffin He's been on the uh, not the office. What's it called the one with? uh adam divine i can't remember the name of it it was on what's it called it was on comedy central anyway that show i can't remember the name of the show see i don't pay attention to anything i can't remember the name of the show but uh he was on that show he played a character called montez a lot of people know him i've known him since i first started doing comedy before any of that stuff happened for him We've stayed friends throughout, you know, like when I was much younger, we had a little run-in one time. But even that was like, he's always been bitchy and so have I. And that's what it is. And Eric is just a really good friend. But we've grown to a point in our friendship that it's just what it is. We're just friends, you know what I mean? Like, there's no, like, changing it. There's not going to be any big drama between us. There's no reason for us to have drama. We're actual friends. And we don't need to cross paths in a negative way or cross each other, you know, we're just friends. So, on Monday, he hit me up and he was like, I'm in town. And I was like, where are you? And then I was like, where are you performing? And then he was like, Brad Garretts. And I was like, cool, then uh, we'll have to hang out after Thursday or let's hang out after Thursday. And I just left it at that, you know, and he didn't respond either after that. And that's what it was. So... Wednesday hits I do my my tapings They were super fun. They were super great. There were people there that I didn't really care for, which I addressed on my Facebook Live, but not in any way other than it was just reminding people that you can be a professional. You don't have to turn everything into like an emotional argument or whatever. There were people there that I don't necessarily get along with. It was fun. They did their thing. I did mine. We both occupied the same green room at the same time. There were no problems, no drama, no incidents, no dirty looks, nothing. We didn't have to interact, you know, but we were in the same green room so um, that's something that people need to remember that it is possible to work around you do it every day everybody's done it all the time except for once people get into comedy suddenly they start thinking they're divas and they're like i can't be around this person it's like shut up you can be around anybody don't act like you're really something but anyway so um what happened was i do my tapings they're great the following day is thursday and I was like, okay, if I don't go today, I don't know when I'm gonna get a chance to hang out with Eric. So I send Eric a text message and ask him if you know, he can get me in because I don't hang out at Brad Garrett's Comedy Club. I know Cindy, who's the booker. I don't hang out at Brad Garrett's Comedy Club though, so I'm not just gonna... Waltz in assuming that they're just cool with me going there. So I tell Eric uh, Ask Eric if he can go ahead and put me on the list. Yes, bitch I believe was his exact answer that he sent me back via text and so um, I get there, you know before the show the show starts at 8 o'clock and outside of the Showroom it has a billboard that shows Eric and then who's featuring and who's hosting. Well Craig Conant is Hosting or featuring which I love him. I know him from LA time, too He's a lot newer But he's had some stuff go viral and he's somebody to be on the lookout for super cool guy Like I said, I've known known him since LA so like we've been friends for quite a while now And we've always like chatted when we were outside of the comedy store or things like that so, um I see Craig, you know, on the billboard and then Gooch is on the billboard as well. Gooch is hosting the show. So I walk up to the door to go in and then Cindy um, asked me to wait for a second because she said that Eric hadn't told her I was going to come. And which is cool. Like sometimes you forget. to, I've forgotten to tell people to put my friends on the guest list or whatever. So I wasn't sweating that, you know. And then I figured, like, with the Gooch situation, she probably was going to go check and make sure that was okay too. And so um, she comes back, and she, you know, and it takes quite a while. But at that point, it's my job to be patient because she's got a job to do as far as she's running a club. And she's running, it's Brad Garrett's Comedy Club and the MGM Grand. They're very professional. They get a A-list comedians, you know, like it's a great club. And so, um, very professional. And so I'm not sweating any of this, you know, I'm just standing at the door waiting and it does take a while or whatever. So Cindy comes and grabs me and she tells me where to sit. And then she just says like, you know, I don't care about any of the gossip, any of the drama. I was just making sure that there were no legal reasons that you and Gooch can't be in the same space. So cool, whatever. So, um, I mention that because I know that the way that the, you know, Las Vegas comedy scene rumor mill will work is people will make it seem like I went to go terrorize Gooch or in some way to go like harass Gooch. Like when I tell you I didn't know Gooch was gonna be there, I didn't know Gooch was gonna be there. When I checked the website to see what times it is the show times are It doesn't show who's featuring and who's opening. I didn't even know Craig was going to be there. And so I hadn't realized that it happened. And then, you know, afterwards I mentioned it to Eric and then he mentioned something about Gooch mentioning it or whatever. And he said that, you know, if it makes me feel any better than that Gooch like appears to feel bad about it or something to that effect. I don't remember what it was, but it was very... Like just kind of like, you know, it appears that he's not exactly proud of that behavior. And I just let Eric know, you know, I was like, you can let Gooch know if he ever wants to apologize. My number hasn't changed. So that's what it is. And so then afterwards, me and Eric went out to dinner. Me, Eric and Craig all went out to dinner. We went to Wolfgang Puck's. We had steak. Um, Eric ended up picking the tab, picking up the tab, which was great. Thank you, Eric. And that's what my night was. So then, like the week before, I had been talking to Stephen Briggs through text when I was on my way to Phoenix. And he had told me he was going to be in town, you know, because i had seen he was going to be in town. And then I was like, what days are you here? And then he told me and I knew he was going to be performing at Artifice on Tuesday. And I thought I was going to be able to make it out to Artifice on Tuesday. But it turned out that the smarter thing for me to do was to work on my set and other stuff that I had to work on since my tapings were the next day and so i didn't get to make it out to artifice well i still wanted to see steven and i knew that he was going to be recording laughs after dark i think is what it's called at um at Notoriety, which is a place I perform regularly. Then I also knew that Nick Guerra was in town. And last time Nick Guerra was in town, I never made it out to the comedy cellar to see him actually do a set. So I went to L.A. Comedy Club. I let them know, you know, that I was going to be coming through and make sure that that was all approved and there were no problems there. It wasn't going to be a situation where somebody was, an uncom- was uncomfortable with me being there or whatever. You know, because I'm trying to be like I'm going to roam as freely as I want to. But at the same time, I am trying to respect the different clubs, boundaries or whatever they're trying to do, even though I don't see a point for it. But I'll still respect it, you know, at least to as as much as I feel like it deserves to be respected, because that's really where I'm at in my life with everything. You know, it's all at my discretion. I don't know where. People started to buy into these ideas that other people control their movement, but I'm not one of those people But I'll respect as much as I can. So I sent them a message. They were like, everything's great. Everything's cool Go ahead and come down And so I went to see Nick on Friday. That was super great and then I went to dirty at 1230 afterwards because DJ Cooch was on the show which DJ Cooch I've been friends with for 17 years I know I've talked about him on the podcast at different points because I've just known him for so long but I've known him for 17 years so uh when Nick Garrett told me that he was gonna go watch DJ Cooch I was like where's DJ Cooch and he was like he's gonna be at um Dirty at 12 30 and I was like oh okay well then I'll go with you or I'll ride separately so you don't end up stuck with me if anything dramatic happens on there And so I go to hang out with Cooch and, you know, watch Cooch perform and just hang out at Dirty at 1230. And I don't know if anybody's going to feel terrorized about that or say that I was trying to terrorize them. But again, I don't care because I've known Cooch for 17 years and I'm not thinking about who's going to be where. Like I'm a comic. I hang out in comedy situations comedy rooms comedy clubs like whatever it is to do with comedy there's a chance that at some point i'm going to show up will i show up every week not likely unless i'm being paid but will i show up randomly because friends are performing or friends are hanging out yes of course i will so i went to dirty at 12:30. that was cool no problem Um, actually there were a lot of people hanging out with me that night just because and it was all comics that were just happened to be there But just you know, we're all cool because even though the rumors are that nobody likes me The truth is it's a very very small group a very small group of las vegas comedians that don't like me and then maybe a couple of open micers that don't like me but as far as actual comedians first off there aren't that many actual comedians on the comedy scene in Las Vegas and I hate to break that to everybody but that's just the truth of the matter you know it's there's people that think they're comedians that it's like you're an open mic or you just happen to get booked on shows because there's not a very big pool of comedians here in Las Vegas even though the city is built on entertainment so Sometimes open micers will end up getting a lot of spots and then they think i'm a comedian and it's like mm, Not so fast mary not so fast in any other city. You'd still just be an open It's just here We have a limited pool. So you got promoted Promoted I guess anyway so Um, there were a lot of people hanging out with me. We're having a great time. The vibe is great you know and I I come home and I post about that being a wonderful night or whatever that was Friday I stayed out till maybe 3 a.m. or yeah, I think it was like 3 a.m., maybe 2 a.m., something like that, somewhere between 2 and 3. And I had been hanging out with Claire as well, and, you know, just a lot of people that I was hanging out with that night, but Claire had gone with me um, because we had been hanging out at L.A. Comedy Club to watch Nick Guerra. Nick Guerra absolutely destroyed it, which Nick Guerra is another one that I've told people before. It's like I've known him for over 10 years. You think I'm not going to show up to say hi? Like, we're actual friends, so... <sighs> I I guess I just say this because I had an awkward situation happen on Saturday and I want to talk about it And I know some people are gonna think I'm causing drama, but it's what it is You know, I'm not causing drama because I'm not mad about any of it But I am gonna talk about it because it did get on my nerves Here's what happened. Like I said, um, over a week ago, a week and a half ago, I was texting with Stephen Briggs because Stephen Briggs is another person that I've known forever. I've known Stephen Briggs since he first came from San Diego to L.A. And we used to perform at this place called the Bliss Cafe that I've referenced before, which is right in Hollywood. And we are friends, friends. We're actual friends. And so he's been over to my house. Him and Nick Where were at my house. Like I've, I've talked about him several times here on the podcast before. And so, like, the thing is, I had wanted to see Stephen Briggs. So the plan was to see him on Tuesday, like I said. But it, the better idea was to postpone it until Saturday. So I knew he was going to be recording Laugh After Dark. I know I have a relationship with Notoriety. That's where we did my tapings was on Notoriety. And so I was like, I'm pretty sure that I can just get in with no problems there, even if there's tickets or whatever. They'll just let me in. Like, that's the way I felt about it. So... That's what I made the plan for. And Stephen had come over. I think it was Thursday night that Stephen came over. Yeah. Or maybe it was Friday night. Either Thursday or Friday night, I can't remember. He came over to my place and we... No, it was Wednesday night because it was after the taping. Um, We went to McDonald's and then we came back here and ate for a little while. And then, you know, he took off. But we were hanging out, having fun, being silly, gossiping a little bit. I was telling him my dirt, you know, catching him up because he doesn't watch Unbothered. He's not a botherina. Slightly offensive, but I'll get past it. So anyway... um so my plan was to see him on saturday and so i get there on saturday and what's it called uh i asked claire if she wanted to go with me so claire ended up meeting me here at my place and then we rode over to notoriety together notoriety is over in fremont experience in the um what do they call that neonopolis is what it's called that's that area right before you get into um what's it called the fremont experience and so um me and claire went together and we get there uh they went ahead and let us in at first we were told that we might end up having to pay ten dollars each but then that was beforehand and then once we got there the guy knew me at the door and he was like you know just you guys go ahead and so we went in and they tried to seat us with the regular audience, but we're comics and we're not gonna have the same reactions as regular people. So we, I felt like a better decision would be for us to sit at the bar. Claire was on board with that thinking. So me and Claire, we're gonna sit at the bar. So we're sitting at the bar. And then the guy that's like basically the stage manager, I think he's Chris. He His name is Chris. And he's always been super nice to me, but I'm terrible with names. And, you know, I haven't worked for him, you know, worked with him in a while because it's been that little bit of hair that's bothering me. Jesus Christ. So um, I haven't worked for him for a while, so I can't remember what exactly what his name is, but I think it's Chris. So anyway, he's kind of like the stage manager. So what happened was laughs laughs after dark which is going to be on amazon actually looks really good and the whole setup is very professional and shout out to charlie wilson and the crew that's putting that on because they are doing a really professional job and everything looks really good it's you know i was really impressed with that not that i'm anybody but i kind of am uh and so i was really impressed with it and i thought it looked great and so what happened was right before the show starts Chris walks up to me and Claire and also um, we're sitting with a miracle, you know Amir Khalil, but he performs under a miracle and then um, This one girl that's a regular audience member that I can't remember her name and if you're watching, I'm sorry It's not no shade. Um, I just am terrible with names and then also with the owner of Notoriety. So we're sitting with them Chris comes over to us and then he was like is there any way I could get you guys to take the two seats in the front? There's two seats that are right in front of the stage that we don't want to have open while we're doing a taping it just looks bad and you know like it was sold out the week before and it was a great audience on this particular night that we were there but just it wasn't completely sold out and so nobody at comedy shows likes to sit up front because a lot of times they're worried that people are going to make fun of them and so it is a tough sell to get people so long story short i look at claire and i'm like are you all right with sitting up front and she was like yeah i'm all right with sitting up front so we go sit up front to be team players you know like that's why we sat up front it was not either of our idea like i said we wanted to sit at the bar so we're away from everything And so keep in mind, I also don't have any idea who's on the show. I just know that Steven's on the show, and that's who I'm there to see. And I had asked a couple of people who else was on the show, just because I was curious to know who the comics were and see if I knew anybody. But, you know, the people that I had asked didn't know either, and Steven didn't even know. I asked Steven, and he didn't know either. He was like, yeah, I don't really know who's on the show. I just know I'm on the second half because it's shot into 30-minute segments, I think it is, or this one was like a 30-minute or 20-minute or something like that. Um, and so, you know, that's the way it shot. And so, I didn't know who was going to be on the show. So... Um, Charlie gets on stage you know like I said it's a very professional production and really cool being there and Charlie gets on stage he does his hosting thing I had met Charlie that night for the first time and he seemed really cool you know one-on-one when I had met him and so I um we're sitting there and they roll the tape and it's a bunch of comics that I don't you know that I've gotten into it with over the last couple of months but I have more of a sense of humor about that stuff than most people would get like you know me and Claire are sitting there and Claire is like antagonistic in a fun way you know like ribbing me because you know obviously these the screen is rolling with comics that I've gotten into it with over the last couple of Months and so or four months ago really is when I got into it with everybody or those people And so, uh, you know, I'm just looking at Claire like being silly, you know, like the fart smelling face or like, you know and You're like, <laughs> you know, I like silly, it's silly like that, but I don't care. It's like we're having fun. You're know, I'm having fun with it And Claire's laughing because she knows that, you know, I don't hold that stuff heavy, you know, I just don't and so uh Then Charlie does his full thing, his intro. And then he introduces Liz Stone, which Liz Stone is a comedian that I know and comedian that I know. And she moved here from the Bay Area. I had met her originally when we were performing at the Laugh Factory together, which was the January before the shutdown, I think. So January 2020, I think, was when we met or maybe it was before that. Um... But anyway, whatever, whenever it was, I met her, you know, so I met her and I. I guess I'm indifferent to her, um, you know, because like we've chatted over instant messenger before because she was trying to raise money for Ron Vi's birthday or something like that, or maybe because his dad died and she was going to buy him a gift. I think it was his birthday. And so we chatted about that. Then we chatted another point when she was taking care of Irish Jay's dog, you know, because I was trying to, like, give her some tips or make sure she was all right or whatever. But long story short, I don't have any feelings about her either way. You know, I mean, like, she's there. And so she does her set and it went well. And so, you know, I'm not thinking anything about that. You know, just she did a set. And so then a couple other comics come up. I think it was two other comedians. I think. I don't remember. Anyway, whatever happened. Then there's a break. And then, you know, Steven goes up second in the second group is the way it worked i believe and so you know like i'm not thinking anything about anything i'm just there to watch steven steven did really well there was another guy a big hispanic guy that was super funny then there was this one white lady then she does a joke about being a white lady you know like she's transitioning from white chick to white lady and so that's i guess why i called her a white lady like that but she's a white lady and she was super funny super fun And so all around for me, it was a good night, you know, just as far as enjoying the show and getting to be part of the taping in that way, like watch the taping, even though I wanted to sit in a different spot. And so, you know, and Claire's good company and everything's great, you know. And so um, then when the show is over when everything's over for the show i'm sitting with steven at some point i ask him you know if we can get a picture like me him and claire because i wanted to get a picture and they had really good lighting there and a really good backdrop and so you know, I asked him if we could get a picture, and of course, you know, with us being friends, he was like, yeah, of course we can get a picture, and I asked him to stand in the middle because it's his night, you know, it was his taping, and so um, I, you know, I, like, I'm having a good night, so then I go to sit down, and then Liz Stone comes over to me, and she's like, oh my god, drunk and sloppy, which... I hate when people come up to me drunk and sloppy, but she's like, oh, my God. I'm so impressed that you showed up here. I mean, like, I'm just... I mean, like, it's so nice of you that you showed up for me. And in my head, I'm like... Does she really think I showed up for her? Like, why would I show up for her? I don't even like her comedy. I mean, like, the audience did that night, but I don't like her com- I've seen her bomb too many times for me to say that I like her comedy. There's me being cool with people and in some cases just being indifferent to them, you know, or just being like they're there, but then there's me liking people's comedy and sometimes those things don't go together. I cannot like somebody and really like their comedy. But with Liz, she's just there. So there's that. She's like tofu. And then um There's that I don't like her comedy. So it's like, why would I show up for her? You know, why would she think I'm here for her? Like, we don't even have that kind of relationship. But here she is making it seem like or telling me. But again, she just got through taping and it's her night, too, even though as far as I go, it's Stephen's night because that's who I'm there for. And I didn't know she was going to be there. But like, you know, it's her night, too. So I'm letting her have her night. So I'm being cool about it. And then she's like, let's take a picture together. Oh, my God, I want to take a picture with you. Let's take a picture. And she starts grabbing my arm and pulling me to go take a picture with her. And so I'm being cool, and I'm not trying to shit on her night. And so I didn't tell her that I wasn't there for her, and I didn't know she was going to be on. And I went ahead and take a picture with her. And I'm being cool. And I wouldn't have even talked about this story if it hadn't turned into a thing afterwards, you know, which I didn't even realize was a thing to begin with. So then... Everything's good. Everything's cool. There was one person that I refused to take a picture with. You know what I mean? I refused to be in the same shot with that person. And I could name a name, but I'm not going to because I don't care. I just – I say that I don't want to take a picture with someone, and that should be good enough for everybody. I have – Agency over my own like where my image goes and where who I want to be seen with and who I don't want to be seen with So people can have their feelings about that, but I I don't care on that either You're not talking me into doing anything that I don't want to do. So um, There was one particular person that like I said, I didn't want to take a picture with and If I felt that way about Liz or anybody else I would have been just as clear about that and just been like no I won't take a picture with you, but I was being cool, you know, cuz like I said I don't think anything good or bad of her. She's just there regularly. Um, So that happens. And then I end up going home. I say my goodnights to everybody so that they can all enjoy their time together. Nick Guerra showed up at a point. We all took a picture together with Nick. And so, like, you know, it's a good situation. So I get home. I do my thing. I end up waking up around... 4 a.m. Yeah, I end up waking up around 4 a.m. Because I took a nap, let's say. Um, And so by the time I wake up, Amir has hit me up. And he was like, I got into it with Liz Stone. And so I'm like, he was like, call me if you have a chance. And it turned out that he just wanted to vent, And I did call him. And we talked for a little while. Turns out that Liz Stone had punched him in the nose at a point, which I'm so not having it with these comics and putting their hands on people. And especially when it's a white woman and a man of color, because as a white woman, you know that there is nothing that a man of color can do back to that. He just has to let you hit him. If he calls the police on you, he's considered a, bi- considered a bitch. If he hits you back, he's the worst person in the world and he's going to jail. And I'm going to be honest. I don't care if you're a white woman or not. I don't care who you are. You put your hands on me, I'm calling the police immediately. I'm not having any of this put your hands on people type of stuff. You don't put your hands on me. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what's happening in your head. I don't care what's happening in your life. I accidentally said wife. I don't care what's happening in your relationship. I don't care about anything to do with anything. You keep your hands to yourself around me. That's all I'm saying. I don't care who you are. And I think everybody needs to adopt this policy because I think that a a miracle should have went ahead and just called the police when she hit him because I don't care what led up to it Even though like i've been told by more than one source now That she had overreacted in hitting him and there was no reason for him to, her to hit him That's what i've been told by a couple of people that I actually do trust So when that's the story that i'm hearing But again, neither here nor there not my business what got on my nerves though was that at a point I was told by more than one person that Liz had been saying before she took the picture with me backstage, she was saying that I had been scowling at her during her set and that she was going to have me take a picture with her to, I don't know, prove what point. And I don't understand why somebody would say that I was scowling at them when I was just watching your set like a regular person. And like I said, I didn't have any feelings either way about you being there. So I don't know what's happening in her white lady mind that she thinks that I mean like I know what's happening in her mind she wanted to have some sort of incident with me and since I didn't give her one she decided she was going to make one up so that's what she did and then she was going to take a picture with me to prove I don't know what point because I don't know what grade this washed up party girl is in I don't know what in her head she thinks is going on and that is the way I think about her I don't think of her as a comic and I never have like I said when I said comic that's why I said comic because I don't think of her as a comic I think of her as a washed up party girl that gives tricks right places to hopefully get booked on things and that's the way I think of Liz Stone and I know she does some other stuff but really she's not much of a comic in my opinion at all so I don't even consider a comment. I would have more respect for her if she were an open micer. And this is just me being honest when I'm not being indifferent. Once you pull me out of indifference and you force me to have an opinion, this is the way I feel about you. Don't ask me to take a picture with you if you don't like me, if you don't actually want to take a picture with me, because I was actually being nice to you, even by letting you think in your head that I was there to see you, which, like I said, I didn't even know you are going to be there. I, I would never change my night's plans to go watch Liz Stone. I don't dislike Liz Stone. Even now, I don't dislike her. I just think that these people have these mental imbalances that make them want to pretend that they have a relationship with me that we don't have. I don't think of you either way. And then you're telling people that I was scowling at you. So what? Now, if I show up somewhere and I don't do anything because I've already proven that I'm a professional and I'm not doing anything to anybody, So now that it's been established that that's the way I'm going to roll is just by coming in and doing nothing to bother anybody. Now people are going to start accusing me of looking at them a particular way or not having the right expression on my face. Like, is there an expression on my face that I'm supposed to have when I see Liz Stone or anybody else for that matter? Because I didn't know that was part of the agreement. I didn't know that I had to have a smile pasted onto my face the entire time I was watching this so-so set that the audience did like. The audience liked it, but it's a so-so set. All of her stuff is so-so. She doesn't work hard. I mean, like, she doesn't. It's just what it is. And so for me, it's like, why is this person that's a comedic non-issue have some reason that she wants to pretend that we have some situation going on that we don't have going on? Like, get over it, people. Most of you, I don't think about at all. And I don't know why the entire Vegas comedy scene or that part of the comedy scene, I should say, because like I said, it is mostly people that like me on the Vegas comedy scene, but there's a particular like faction that tricks his friends I don't know maybe he talked to them and has a deal with them they've got to make it seem like something has happened between us every time I show up somewhere because I don't know where these people get this idea that I just want to show up to bother them and if I do show up that that's somehow an act of aggression like me showing up to a taping that my friend is taping on my longtime friend is taping on like that's somehow an act of aggression to you or I somehow am supposed to show up and be super uh, surprised. Yay. Liz Stone is going to do those jokes about her husband again. Thank God. Ex-husband even. And that's the other thing that got me. It did strike me and I didn't think anything. Well, Not, I didn't think anything about it at the time. I thought something about it at the time, but I never would have referenced it or never would have brought it up. So a lot of her set has to do with her ex-husband, and you know he was terrible to her in the end or whatever. But like knowing even the little bit that I know about her, they were probably both terrible to each other. Like she seems like a horrible person in a lot of ways, and I say this because, you know, she's just like I know I got kind of amped up right there when I was talking about her. And it's because I've always been very forgiving of the fact that she's super annoying and she has no idea that a lot of people don't like her. And it's always weird to me when people are that oblivious and aren't able, it's like are you autistic like you can't tell that people really don't like you even people that are supposed to be your friends don't really like you and so why are you trying to start problems with me or make it seem like i'm being a particular way when you don't even realize that most people really don't like you and that's really what it is like that's where i'm very fortunate in that people that don't like me are very open about the fact that they don't like me now. So I know where I stand with people. So I don't have delusions that all these people like me. And then, you know, like, and then here it turns out that they don't. You know what I mean? It's like I know who likes me and I know who doesn't. And I'm going to tell you, real motherfuckers are who likes me. And that's all I need. So when you saw me at Dirty 1230 and you saw the people around me, you saw the people around me and you saw the quality of people that I fuck with. So, I don't care what anybody says about anything. You have those fake motherfuckers. I don't need them. Um, But, like, when it comes to her... It's like she's an annoyance in every green room that she's in. She's a lot of times in the green room when she's not on the show, which is a faux pas, if you guys don't know. If the the headliner didn't personally invite you, then you have no business in the green room. And that's something that I don't know how she doesn't have a grasp of. Like if you go to the Ice House in Pasadena, there's literally a sign on the door that says, if you're not on the show, don't be in the green room. That's just an old school rule, but for some reason, I go to LA Comedy Club, she's in the green room. I mean, like, always in the green room. And she doesn't realize that people have had these conversations, but multiple people have been like, who is she? And why is she always sitting in the wrong spots? Or why is she taking up space when... Nobody back here invited her. And I know that sometimes it's because she's hanging out with Tricks, and she thinks that that's a reason. But really, a lot of times Trix doesn't have any business back there. People are just cool because he performs there all the time. But in a lot of cases, they don't want her or Tricks in the green room. But everybody's too nice to say that. You know, and that's why I like being the scarecrow that I am because when i'm in a green room, you know A lot of times those people will just leave because they don't want to be in my presence, which I don't blame them And but I don't care either way And I think that that's what bothered them at one particular instance where they were in the green room with me But I was there because I was asked to be there and so I didn't feel Uncomfortable at all and they were trying to make me feel uncomfortable, but I was just like This isn't your green room right now, boo-boo. This is Butch Bradley's green room. So I was invited back here by Butch. And technically, that's the reason I'm at the club. So if you want to give your dirty looks, you can do that. But it's not going to make me feel any particular way other than, ew, why are you trying to make the headliners guest uncomfortable right now when you have no business in the green room? But anyway, back to Liz Stone. So um, I just hate when people try to make situations things that there aren't and when it came to after her set because she had talked about her husband which she's been doing for as long as i've known her and um so she was talking about her set and uh or i i mentioned you know i was like the audience really seemed to enjoy your set i was like good job tonight and i did say that you know at the time and I meant it the audience did enjoy her set and it was a good job, you know They liked it and I have seen her bomb a lot and that's not me being mean when it comes to comedy. I don't lie it's what it is um, and so I um Had complimented her and then she was like, you know, well, it's all about getting back at the ex-husband now and in my head I'm, just like what a terrible way to live like why would you want to dedicate? your life to getting back at your ex-husband who's probably thinking about you just as little as I am if not less but I guess if that's what your idea is then live your life doing that but it speaks to your character and what kind of person you are that you're still caught up on that in my opinion and again I'm not telling anybody what timeline to heal on but I I'm not running around trying to make any of my exes feel any particular way And yeah, you may have been married But that still doesn't mean that's a healthy way for you to handle the end of your marriage But whatever or you know, the fact that your marriage has been over because I think the divorce has been done for a while now So I don't understand but I I just feel like people like that Are More hobbyist, you know, because she does have another career. She I believe went to law school and she's You know got her own business. So it's not like I feel like she's not Accomplished in any way. It's just when it comes to stand-up, which is the only thing that's important to me, you know Because I'm in the world of stand up. So I don't care What else you have going in your life? Yeah, I can respect that. You know, you're a successful businesswoman in a different field but As far as comedy goes, you're a hobbyist, you know, so stay out of my way. Don't make up stories about us having some sort of friction that we don't have or that I wasn't aware we had. And if you really felt that instead of asking me to take a picture, then either stay away from me or come over to me and be like, hey, was there is there something going on between us? And I would have quickly put that to rest for you and it would have stayed between me and you just like, no, there's no problem between us. Why would there be a problem between us? But the fact that you went to other people and were saying that I was doing things to you that I wasn't doing, that I was scowling at you during your set when that's not at all what was happening, you know, like. I was paying attention during your set but I've heard the jokes before so like I would laugh sometimes but it's not going to be the same laughs and I don't expect that from other comics when they've seen material that I've done before if they were sitting up front you know like yeah you try your best to participate but I'm not a good actor and I've always been honest about that like I'm not good at pretending like I haven't heard something before well you know if it's gossip I can a million times be like <gasps> what he said what But that's gossip. Uh, But when it comes to jokes and stuff like that, I really don't know how to act like I haven't heard these jokes before. So, yeah, I was smiling and I was, you know, chuckling at points. But I was trying to play along. But maybe I wasn't doing the best job of acting. But I definitely wasn't scowling at you. That's I mean, like. I haven't even got full control of my fucking forehead to be scowling at people. I mean, like, my Botox hasn't fully worn off. So, I don't know what you think a scowl is. I don't get it. But whatever. Um, Don't get me involved, you know. And I know that there are different substances going on in the las vegas comedy community and i know that liz does some of those substances because one time she had a conversation with me about how she had done like molly the night before and then she hadn't been able to sleep or hadn't slept that well so she was taking adderall to stay awake at that point and if you do too much of that shit if you do too much adderall that's just prescription speed and you're going to start acting like a tweaker and what do tweakers do they get paranoid so you're trying to blame your hysterics and it might not even be attributable to drugs you might just be trying to get a brown person in trouble because you know the history is people believe white women when they say that brown men are being threatening with them and so your thing is you're gonna get me in some sort of trouble or make it seem like I'm doing something that I'm not doing and when that didn't work out maybe that's why you got him mad at Amir later on in the night a miracle and you decided to punch him in the nose because your plan with me obviously hadn't worked out out. So now a miracle was your chance to frame a brown man in some way Because I feel like there is something evil going on when you're making up stories that didn't happen And so yeah, I really am just making it clear Like I don't for anybody listening to this and I'll make sure that Liz gets tipped off to this too um, For anybody that's watching this I'm making this very clear. I don't want anything at all to do with Liz Stone I don't want to be close to Liz Stone. There's nothing for us to work work on. There's nothing for us to talk about. I wasn't scowling at her. If I happen to end up anywhere that she is, I will get up and walk out so she doesn't have to see me scowl at her. Um, I'm not gonna leave the premises, but I will if she's performing move away from where she's at I will not be photographed with Liz Stone I want nothing to do with people and this is male female black white Asian Native American Latino Eastern Bloc European British Irish any nationality ethnicity culture subculture Um, I want nothing to do with anybody that has any kind of relationship in their head with me that I'm not a part of and I think that that's a fair request and I think that it's not unfair to say that you don't trust somebody that had an argument with you that you weren't aware of in their head in one night and then physically assaulted another person in that same night. Now, to me, this is where DJ Sandu should come in with one of his famous evaluations and hit Liz up and find out if she's maybe going through a manic episode or whatever it was he accused me of because all I did was... Call somebody out for taking a joke and yell at somebody for getting on my nerves. So I feel like if I need an evaluation, Liz really needs an evaluation. So this might be a good time for somebody to get Dr. Sandu on the phone and see if he can maybe help Liz out with that problem. Because I'm going to tell you guys about me and why I feel the way I am or, or the way I feel um, in general with things right now, you know, like what I said is because i'm constantly Trying to be a better person than i've been Like and people can say different things about me But not really a lot because it's not like i've done a lot wrong, especially in the comedy community There's certain people that I haven't gotten along with There are certain people that I feel were un- unprofessional at different points But i'm always looking at those situations And as I get further away from them, I have less emotion towards them because, you know, at this point, a lot of it, I have very little emotion towards. But when you have so little emotion towards it, you can really be more and more analytical about it and you can take yourself out of it in a way and be like, okay, well, how can I deal with that better in the future? and the more that i think about it because i don't think about it in an obsessive way but just every once in a while it pops in my head and it's like that did go really wrong you know that particular situation did go really wrong so how would i be able to handle that in the future And so that's how I decide how I would handle things in the future. Like when it comes to the Liz Stone situation, you know, there was a part of me that felt like sending her a text message and just being like, stay away from me or, you know, something like that. But I know how people are with text messages and then they're fucking post your shit and act like you're attacking them. And so this way, I just put it out there once and for all. And I don't mind that I didn't approach her first or hit her up first because it's not on me to hit you up first. When you think that something is going on between us and instead of just coming to me, you go to other people and start making it sound like I'm doing something that isn't getting done. Then I don't know why you would think I owe you that, but I don't. I don't owe you to go to you at that point. For me, I come to unbothered. And I just make it very clear to the entire comedy world or the Las Vegas comedy scene because a lot of you do watch this podcast that I want Liz Stone nowhere near me at any point. And if that ever means, you know, like say you're having a house party and you're like, I want to invite Ty, but I also want to invite Liz. I can be there, but... I don't want to talk to anybody or talk to her, you know, and if that's uncomfortable for you, then don't invite me to your party because I'm fine either way. I think she probably needs the company, even though everybody likes me better, <laughs> which is rude. I know it's rude that I said that, but everything I said is 100 percent true. Like she doesn't realize that people don't like her. Like, you know, she thinks everybody likes her, but that's because of the, you know, like in a lot of cases, people don't want to hurt women's feelings and especially white women. People are raised to believe that, you know, white women are something special and you're not supposed to hurt their feelings and you're always supposed to treat them like ladies and whatever. And yeah, that is true to a certain degree, I guess. But I mean, that's kind of for all women, you know, you should treat them with some sort of respect until they give you a reason not to. But it's not particularly disrespectful just to let somebody know, like. People don't like you as much as you think they do. So maybe start acting more like an adult because everything you're doing is acting like a child, you know, like even though like, oh, time Rivera is talking about me, so I'm going to go take a picture with him. Yeah, good, good. You, way to get me back. Now you have a picture with me. Wow. You really let me have it there. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe I won't post this one. Maybe I'll just let this one live in the lost episodes. Or maybe I will post it. I don't know. I'll watch it on review and I'll see where it is I'm at with it. But if it does get out, if I do put it out, I should say, there's no way it would get out without me putting it out. But if, if, if I do put it out, just understand that I'm not mad I just don't like people. I don't want to allow people near me that might possibly have a relationship with me that I'm not aware of. Anyway, stay unbothered.